Well, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 16. Now, if you remember last week I said if you get a chance this week, study or read Luke 16, especially starting with verse 19, because that's the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and we'll talk more about it. We are finishing our study this morning in the study we've called Victory Over Death. We've been seeing great truths from the Bible about how that through Jesus Christ, He has conquered death, He died and rose again, and He gives all people victory over death. Now, let's think about this. Why is that? Because He is the way and the truth and the what? The life. And He is the resurrection and the life. He abolished death and brought life. And so when you think about Jesus Christ, He is the life giver. And he is the creator, the redeemer, sustainer, provider, protector, but he is the life giver. So this morning, as we finish the study, and before we go to our grow groups and talk even more details about it, uh, <clears throat> we got two things we're going to do. One, where do people go when they die? And then second, a quick, brief overview of the lessons, the victory over death. Just some things for you to see. And uh, so thank, thank, we can thank our Lord that death is not the end. And so let's, let's think about this. Uh, Jesus died on the cross to pay for sin and rose again, and the power of death is broken. First Corinthians fifteen fifty four it says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Uh, sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? And it goes on to say, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look at this real quickly. And if you have questions, you know what's amazing? I asked last week, anybody got questions? Nobody had questions. I go to my grow group, and there's like 20 questions. So it's pretty exciting. So if you do have a question, ask it in here if you want to, and it gives more people the opportunity to maybe, they may be asking the same thing or thinking the same thing. So here's the first part, and the first big point is, where do people go when they die. And we've already seen this, and we have this idea that believers and unbelievers actually go to two different places. We think about this, that believers, that they, when they, tr they trust Jesus Christ as Savior, when they die, they go to be with Jesus Christ, and then ultimately, what we call the eternal state, which is a new heavens and a new earth. Unbelievers, when they die, they're separated from Jesus Christ in a place we'll call Hades, and ultimately, they'll end up in the lake of fire. And so we saw that. Now, last time, here's what I wanted you to see that before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, believers and unbelievers went to the same place. And we'll describe it in a minute. It was called the heart of the earth, and it was called Hades, or Old Testament Sheol. Now, after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, believers and unbelievers go to different places. And we put it this way, simply put, believers go to heaven and unbelievers go to Hades. So that's kind of the big overview and everything that we've seen. So let's think about that for just a minute. And that's for now, because Jesus came to the earth almost 2,000 years ago, or 2, 000, over 2,000 years ago, and died on the cross to pay for sin and rose again. And so now, as we look at this, where do we as believers go when we die? Heaven. Where do unbelievers go when they die? place called Hades. So let's think about it. For believers, we've seen this already, but I'm going to go quickly through the 2 Corinthians 5, 8. Be of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be where? At home with the Lord or present with the Lord. When a believer dies, the body goes in the, in the ground, the body goes in the ground, but the soul and spirit of the believer goes to be with Jesus Christ. To be absent from the body is where? Present with the Lord. Where is Jesus? See the right hand of the throne of the Father. So we go to the heavenly places. The, another place that Paul mentions, he calls it paradise. We'll talk more about it in just a minute. So when we die, that he's, he's with us now. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. What should you fear? So the Lord is always with us. But the moment we die, it's almost like in just a twinkle of an eye, all of a sudden we are present with the Lord. So that is really, really good news. And uh, remember the chart? Here we are. This is, this is uh, Jesus down on the cross. We're in the church age. When we die, body goes in the ground and immediately we're with the Lord. 
And that's the truth. Now, the second thing is for about unbelievers. And unbelievers, when they die, an unbeliever, the soul goes to a place called Hades. It's in the heart of the earth. And then ultimately, they go to the lake of fire. So if there's an unbeliever, where does their body go? It, the, their body. And the body goes in the ground, and their soul, we don't say spirit because they're not spiritually alive, their soul goes to the heart of the earth in a place called Hades. I'm going to show you more about it in a little bit. Then ultimately, they will be raised from the dead to stand before Jesus Christ. It's called the great white throne judgment. And then they are cast into the lake of fire. So I've got, they go to Hades, and ultimately, the lake of fire. Revelation 20, verse 15 says, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, how do you get in the book of life? By faith in Jesus Christ, and he gives you what? Eternal life. And so you're in the book of life, and, is, and, and anyone's name is not found written in the book of life is thrown into the lake of fire. And so when you get this, here's an unbeliever. Let's say an unbeliever right here dies. Their body goes in the ground. When Jesus Christ comes back, he sets up a kingdom. At the end of the thousand-year reign, unbelievers are raised to stand before the great white throne judgment, and then they're cast into the lake of fire. So that's what, we, that's what happens right now. So let me put it to it this way. The believer dies, goes to be with Jesus Christ, which is in the heavenly places. He's seated right to the right hand of the throne of the Father. We be with him in the heavenly places called paradise. Ultimately, we end up in the eternal state. We'll be in the kingdom and then the eternal state, which is also called the eternal kingdom. We'll talk more about that some other time. The unbeliever dies. They're separated from God. They go to the heart of the earth, which is called Hades or Sheol. Sheol's the Old Testament. And ultimately, they end up going to the lake of fire. Now, that's what happens now. So when somebody says, what happens to an unbeliever when they die? Well, the unbeliever, the body goes in the ground, and their soul goes to the heart of the earth, and one day they'll be raised out of the heart of the earth to stand before the great white throne judgment. And because they're unbelievers, their names are not found written in the book of life, they're cast to the lake of fire. Believers, the moment we die, our body goes in the ground, soul and spirit goes to be with the Lord, we're with him, we come back with him to the earth, to the kingdom, after the kingdom is over, we go into the eternal state with him. Some people have this idea <clears throat> that when you die, I, we always say this question, if you were to die, would you go to heaven? The answer, we, we, that's, that's okay, but a lot of people think that heaven is where we're going to be for all eternity. We will not be in heaven for all eternity, where will we be? We'll be on this earth for a thousand years in the kingdom, and then we'll be on a new heavens and a new earth for all eternity. So when people say, I, I want to be in heaven forever, no, no, you don't. No, you want to be with Jesus Christ forever, because he's not going to be in the heavens forever. He's going to be on this earth. Now, we get to a second idea that we wanted to talk about. It's not always been this way. It's not always been that when believers die, they go to be the present of the Lord in the heavens, and when unbelievers die, they go into the Hades. We find out that before Jesus Christ died on the cross, that both unbelievers and believers went to the same place. Think about this. Before Jesus paid for sin, believers and unbelievers went to the same place. Why? Because sin had not been paid for. Now, I want you to grasp this. Even though God is outside of time, and even though Jesus is the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. So when you talk with God, in one sense, there is no time for God. There, there's not like, oh, I'm over here and over here and over here. It's all, in a sense, sorry, it's all happened because God is outside of time. But he deals with us in time. So in a point of time, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay for sin. So from Adam and Eve all the way to Jesus dying on the cross, there had been no what? 
no payment for sin. And so the best that we can understand from the Scripture, because there was no payment for sin, there was still, in a sense, a barrier because human beings still had sin. Sin had not been taken off human beings and put on Christ. Therefore, human beings would not be able to go in the presence of the Father, okay? So why, why, so believers and unbelievers went to the same place. Why? Because sin has not been paid for. And so what we find out, the place that they went in the Old Testament was called Sheol, in the New Testament it was called Hades. And if you remember, Jesus said, uh, and, and the Hades, this place is called the heart of the earth. If you remember in Matthew uh, 12, 38 through 40, Jesus said, As Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man beware. In the heart of the earth, three days and three nights. So what? You're there. I want you to think about Luke 16, and we're going to look at verses 19 through 31. And we won't hit all these verses. I just want to hit the big parts. And we want you to realize that this is before Jesus pays for sin. This is before he died on the cross to pay for sin, and he's teaching, and he's teaching about where do people go when they die. Now, for us, if a believer dies, where does he go? Now. Heavenly places. An unbeliever dies, he goes to where? Hades. Before Jesus paid for sin, a believer dies, where do they go? They go to paradise, which is Hades, which is Sheol. They go to the same place that the unbelievers go, but we're going to show you a difference. And then in the Old Testament, if an unbeliever died, where do they go? So they always go to the same place. We, we go to someplace different. Why couldn't we go to be with the Father? Sin had not been paid for. So we're going to talk about a place in the Old Testament called Sheol and the New Testament called Hades. A lot of people say Hades and hell are the same thing. First of all, Hades and hell aren't the same thing. Hades is the, literally the Greek idea of Hades means the place of the dead. Sheol means the place of the dead. So it's not called hell. In fact, in the Bible, the... the the only words that are actually translated hell that are actually right are a word called Gehenna. We'll talk more about that in just a minute. The Bible doesn't say hell. It says the what? Lake of fire. Okay, so we'll talk about that. So let's talk, and let me show you this. We're going to see in Luke 16 that there's a place in the heart of the earth called Sheol or Hades. And in this place in the heart of the earth, there are two sections to this. Now, you may say, where do you get this? We get it from Luke 16. On one section, there's a place called Paradise or Abraham's Bosom. It's because there's, it's dealing, of course, with it's Jewish people, and he's talking about Abraham. And in that part, when a, person, when a believer died, their body goes in the ground, but they go to be in the heart of the earth on the Paradise, Abraham's Bosom side. We find that there's another side. There's a big gulf in the middle that so you can't cross over. On this other side, we just called it torments. It doesn't really have a name, but it says the people are in torments there, so we just call it torments. And so when an unbeliever dies, they go into the heart of the earth, and they go on the torment side. That's in Hades as well. Now, we're going to see a story about a rich man and a beggar. The beggar's name is Lazarus. And the, the beggar dies, and he goes to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man dies, and he goes to torments. And we're going to see that story. So I want you to, to grasp that. So look, look at this. Let me get to the next slide. When a believer, they died, their body in the ground, soul went to paradise, Abraham's bosom. Unbeliever, they went to torments. So let's look at Luke 16, 19 through 20. Look at 19. Luke 16, 19. And now there was a rich man, 
And he was habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And he's a rich man. Doesn't say anything about him yet. Best we can understand when you look at this passage, this rich man is not a believer. He's not a believer, but he's got purple, which meant that very expensive. So purple clothes in those days meant you were rich. And he joyously lived. Now, there was this poor man named Lazarus. Now, some people want to say that this story is a parable. It's not a parable. A parable is a story. It's a made-up story to teach a point. It's not a made-up story for a couple of reasons. One is you can tell how it's written, but number two, it uses a person's personal name. Look at every parable. Parables do not use people's names. So this is the truth. Jesus said there was a rich man, and then there was this beggar. All right, look, it says, There was this rich man, he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day, and a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate covered with sores. Now, that, that's not, uh, that doesn't look very good, does it? I mean, think about this. So you got this rich man, he's got this big place, and you remember all their houses? They had houses, they had courtyards, and then they had walls around their houses, like rich people do today. Okay, And then they had a gate to get in. And this beggar named Lazarus was put outside the gate. He's covered with sores. And why was he out in front of this rich man's gate? Why do you think he was there? Begging. Begging. Because who, who went to see the rich man? Rich people. So he's at the place where he says, rich people, they'll feel sorry for me, and they'll give me something. Okay, now the best that we can understand is this poor man... Lazarus is a believer because he goes, when he dies in him, and he's going to go to Abraham's bosom, which is called paradise, which is in Hades. And I want you to read it. Look what it says. Verse 21. He was longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. And beside that, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Okay, that, this is not a good picture. But what you see is a contrast between a man who is rich and not a believer and a man who is poor and is a believer. Now, What's going to happen when they die? And I want you to notice the wording here. This is what is amazing. Look what it says. Now the poor man died and what? Was carried away by the... What does it say? Carried away by the angels to what? Abraham's bosom. Now I'm going to stop right there. It seems, and we, we just did a study last fall on angels and demons, and we made this point. It seems that in some places, it, like especially this passage, that when a believer dies, who takes them? Angels do. That's what it seems. Now, I'm not saying this every time, and I'm not saying that every time somebody dies in the Bible, it says an angel came and got him, but it does in this passage, and it says this angel took him where? To paradise, to Abraham's bosom. Notice the last part of the verse. And the rich man died, died also died, and what? What does it say? It didn't say any angels come or anything, does it? And I notice this, the rich man died, was buried, and he's in Hades, and we're going to find that he's in torments. So you've got one man who died and was taken by angels to Abraham's bosom, which is another name for paradise, and then a man died. It doesn't say angels did anything there, and he was buried. His body was in the ground or whatever, and he, we're going to find that he's going to be placed in torment. So look what it says, verse 23. In Hades, he lifted up his eyes. This is the rich man now, because it's following the, the story where it says, and the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, he lifted up his eyes, being in where? In torment. And he saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. I think I can go backwards for a second here. 
without messing anything up. Okay, so the, the unbelieving man, the rich man, is in torments, and he can look across the gulf, and he sees in paradise, Abraham's bosom, he sees, who does he see there? It says he saw Abraham and Lazarus. So he sees them. You know, he may go see other people, but he sees them for sure. So look what it goes on to say. And he cried out saying, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And he do this, send Lazarus, because he knew Lazarus. Lazarus sat out in front of his house for years probably. Send Lazarus that he might dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue. I'm in agony in this what? Flame. Okay, now when people talk about hell's being fire and everything, well, this is not hell, but it is the Hades, and he's in where? He's in torment, torments, and it seems to be that there's what there? Some kind of fire there. He doesn't tell us a lot of details about it. And, but, and so he says, please do this. And Abraham said, child, remember that during your life you got good things, and Lazarus got bad things. Now he's comforted, and you're in agony. In Hades... On the torment side, it is not pleasant at all. That's why it's called being in torment, okay? And we just say it's called torments. But it's already fire. It's already burning him. And he's already saying, Abraham, could you send Lazarus over just, just some water, just, just a little bit? Because Now, let me just say this too. And, and this is something a lot of people don't, don't think about. What do you think when, when a people are cast into the lake of fire, which burns forever... Uh, it's sort of like Knapp used to say, Hades is county jail and Lake of Fire is prison, okay? Because like one is a holding place until they get you to the big place, to the big house. But what do you think an unbeliever will experience in the Lake of Fire? Will they be able to talk? Will they be able to talk to others? Will they recognize where they are and what's going on? Does, does the rich man know who he is? And know Abraham and know Lazarus and know what's going on in his life? He does. Do you, what do you think it will be like in the lake of fire? We don't know. But I've had some people say, oh, lake of fire, you'll just burn up. You won't know anything. No, I don't know. I think you might know some things, especially as you look at this. I, when I say you, I don't mean you, okay? All right? Because I'm assuming, Lord willing, that all of us have trusted in Jesus, we, we're going to be in a good place. But anyway, okay, so let me go back. Let me go forward here. So the rich man is in, in torments, and, and look what happens. Verse 26 is the key. And besides, this is Abraham talking. He said, no, 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 verse 26. And besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm fixed, a big gulf, so that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able to and that none may cross over from there to us. Who would want to cross over from Abraham's bosom to go into the torments? Yes, somebody would. Family might say, I'm going to go over there and help my... I'm going to go take some water to my Uncle John, you know. But, but Abraham says, you can't cross over, even if you wanted to go over there to help somebody, or somebody over there wanted to get over here. There's no way. Some people say, well, I don't want my family to go to hell. Then what do you do? Tell them about Jesus Christ and keep loving them and telling them because, you know, once this point happens, what happens? It's too late. You know, I've had people say that <clears throat> some people actually teach that people down in torments get a second chance. I don't see any of that anywhere. 
And when they stand before the great white throne judgment, there's not a second chance there. It says books are opened and the book of life is open and anyone's name not found written in the book of life is what? Cast the lake of fire. There's not second chances. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once and after that the judgment. So, and the judgment is whether, you, whether you're going to the lake of fire or whether you have eternal life. And so he says you can't cross over. He, said, he says there's no way to cross over. I'll go back to this. He says... You can't cross over. He said, Lazarus can't come over and help you, and you can't come over and help. And I think what's amazing, if you read the passage, let me go back to where we are. He says this. He said, I beg you, Father, that you send him. Send who? Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brothers in order that he may warn them so they will not come to this place. Now, He's talking, he's thinking, and he says, I want to warn my brothers so they won't go to this place as well. Look what Abraham says. They have Moses and the prophets. What does he mean? They have what? They have the Bible. He says, Moses and the prophets, the Old Testament was called the Tanakh, and it was divided into three parts, but sometimes it was divided into two parts, two big parts. And it's Moses, the, the law and the prophets. He says, they have the Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He says, let them read the Bible. But he said, oh, Abraham, if somebody goes from the dead, they will repent. It means they will change their mind. He says, if, if Lazarus showed up and said, you remember I died, but I went to, I went to the good place, but, Lazarus, but your, your, you know, your brother, he went to the bad place, and he wanted me to come back and tell you don't go to the bad place. He said, even if somebody came back, listen to this. He said, he said even if somebody goes to them from the dead, he, said, he says, if somebody goes from there, they will repent. But, but he said, no. If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, if they don't believe the what? Don't believe the what? The Bible. They will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Who rose from the dead not too long from this? Jesus Christ died and rose again, and they still don't believe. Listen, because miracles don't make people believe. Miracles point the way. That's why when Jesus did the signs, they don't make people believe. Some miraculous... Well, look, when Lazarus... You remember when he raised... The other Lazarus, the one who died, had been dead for four days, and Jesus raised him from the dead. That's Martha and Mary's brother, Lazarus. When he raised him from the dead, people believed, but others said, we want to kill him because people are believing in Jesus because of him. Just because somebody raised from the dead doesn't make people believe. I've had people say, oh, if I could just see a miracle. If you could just see a miracle, if you won't believe the Bible, you're not going to believe a miracle. Just remember that. It just doesn't work that way. And so what happened? Jesus came. He died on the cross. He paid for sin. Now, here's what he said in Matthew. He said, as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be where? Heart of the, what's the heart of the earth called? Hades or Sheol. He was there three days and three nights. So when Jesus' body was in the tomb, where was Jesus' spirit? Let's put it that way. Where was it? Heart of the earth. He was in Hades. Guess where he went? He actually went to the torment side. And there's a place in the torment side called Tartarus. It's found in 2 Peter. And it's a holding place for some bad angels. It actually says in Peter that he went to Tartarus and proclaimed a message to the bad angels. And, and then... then we don't know what he did after that, but we think he went to the good side. And sometime, we do not know when, he took all of the believers on the good side and took them 
into heavenly places. He took paradise from the heart of the earth to the heavenly places. Why could he do that? Because sin has been paid for. So this, this is wild. This is really wild. And so Ephesians 4 says he led captivity captive, which means he led those, the believers who were in the heart of the earth, he led them out. Now, here's the question. I'm going to throw this out because we've got just a few minutes. Some people say, well, okay, so Jesus actually took the believers from the heart of the earth on the good side, paradise, and took them to the heavenly places. Because Paul now writes, if you read Paul in 2 Corinthians, he says, I know a man who was caught up into heaven. I know a man who was caught up into paradise. So paradise is now in heavenly places. So to be absent from the body is to be where? Present with the Lord. Where is that? Heavenly places. Okay, so what we find is Jesus said uh, that that's where people are going to go. So here's the big question. When did Jesus take the believers from the heart of the earth and take them to the heavenly places. Jesus went into that tabernacle in heaven in which the one on earth was copied, and he took his blood, the book of Hebrews tells us, and he poured out his blood as the final sacrifice for sin forever to pay for our sin. Now, the big question is, when did he do that? Did he do that during the three days and three nights? Did he do that sometime during the 40 days when he walked on the earth? Did he do that after he ascended to heaven? So the question is, when did he go into the holy place in the heavenlies and pour out his blood? Right, what's finished? The payment for sin. But that doesn't mean necessarily that he's poured out his blood in the holy place. Now, what's his last words? No, into your hands. So where does he go? Right then. To, to the Father. So there's a good possibility that when Jesus died on the cross and said it is finished and then says, into your hands I commit my spirit and he dies right then, it could be that right then into the presence of God. Now, the hard part is he's got to go three days and three nights down there. So did he, when he immediately went into the Father, go back and get these people here and then take them? Or is that at another time? So, Maxine is right in one sense, I think, I agree with her, that I think when he died on the cross, and when he said, into your hands I commit my spirit, which were his last words, I think he went into the heavenly places then and poured out his blood. I don't think necessarily he went and got the people then. He could have, but he had to do it really fast. And you know, but who knows. But that sometime, was it during the three days and three nights that he was in the heart of the earth that he led captivity captive? Was it during the 40 days? Was it when he ascended into heaven? And when he ascended into heaven, they could see him. Could it be possible that when he ascended into heaven, he took all the souls of the believers out of Hades? And you couldn't see that, it, you know, because they're spirit beings. It could be. We don't know. But Maxine, you did a great job on at least really saying that it probably took his blood right then. That's probably because it says into your... So the last words, everybody thinks the last words, it's finished. That's one of his last words. His last words were showing now he's back in fellowship. What were his words on the cross? My God, my God, why have you what? Okay, he's separated from the Father. But after he pays for sin and he says it is finished, then what does he say? Into your hands I commit my spirit. He comes back to be with the Father. So he's not out of fellowship with the Father anymore. So good point. Really good point. The, the point... Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Paul. I was just going to say that we, we don't know when he led captivity captive. He, we don't know when he took believers out of the paradise side and took paradise into the heavenly places. We just don't know when. We can speculate, Paul. Where did Jesus get his blood? He's a human being. 
Oh, you mean his blood? Well, I don't know enough about how babies get their own blood. And I don't know if the baby's blood is separate from the mother's blood or that they produce their own blood. I know that I don't know enough about the baby end of it. I just know that his sin could have come through the father. And so it didn't come through the father because he didn't have an earthly father. I don't know. What do, you, what do you know? Anybody know anything about blood and babies? It's separate. Okay, so it even seems to be that a baby's blood is different from a mama's blood. That's correct. Okay, so I don't know. Maybe get it like every other baby gets their blood. He could do, yeah, he could, he could the moment, yeah, he, in the moment that he, let, let's just say it this way, in the moment that he said, into your hands I commit my spirit, he could get the people, go up there, put his blood come back, go to the heart of the earth, be there three days and three nights, and go over to the bad side and, and preach to the angels. That's how it's actually, the, the, the demons. He could do all that. Now, my question might be, why three days and three nights? Why would he spend three days and three nights? I mean, just, let's throw this out just for a second. We, oh, we're, golly, we're past time. Okay. Uh, uh, huh? We got to finish. Why three days and three nights? We could take Jonah as a foreshadow and a type of Christ in which Jonah was in the belly of a fish three days and three nights, and in a sense sort of had a resurrection to come back to life, so to speak, even though he didn't die. Uh, that's, a, that's a foreshadow of Jesus, and so maybe that's why he said three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, just like Jonah. So if he'd spent four or five, maybe it, w- it definitely wouldn't have matched that, but that's what he said. Okay, that's a great question. Here's what I think. The bad angels, I think, go back to... Uh, to uh, Genesis chapter 6, you also find this in Second Peter and in Jude, it appears that some bad angels took on human form and had sexual relations with people and for reducing half angels, half people. That's in Genesis chapter 6. And they were trying to pollute the human race. That's part of the reason for the flood was getting rid of all of that. And so many people believe that he went to that part and said to those angels, you did not stop the plan. But that's all speculation because we don't know what he said. But when we get there, we can ask him. See, that's what's so great, right? You can get there and say, what did you mean by that? Because nobody knew, not even JB knew. Nobody knew. (laughs) There's a whole bunch I don't know. I just made that up. There was a paradise on the earth where Adam and Eve were and they got kicked out. It got destroyed basically in the flood, the best I can understand. And the paradise was in the heart of the earth. Now the paradise is in the heavenly places. And when we come back and make, he makes a new heaven and a new earth, it'll be a paradise again. It's going to be pretty good during the thousand-year reign. Not great. When I say great, it's going to be amazing, but it won't be perfect because there'll be sin even during the thousand years. Because he said that in Revelation, I have the keys to Hades. Some people would say that when he died and went for the three days and three nights, that's when he led them. And, and you could, we could say that the moment he died, he got them out, did, did the, the blood, the, the final sacrifice, came back and did the angels, and then rose after three days and three nights. He could do, he could do all that. The time, is, time is irrelevant. Believers' paradise, unbelievers' torments. After the death of Christ, believers were present with the Lord. Paul said we're caught up into paradise. Unbelievers, Hades, until the final resurrection. So believers are with the Lord. Paradise, heaven, kingdom, eternal state, eternal life. Unbelievers are separated. Hades, they end up in the lake of fire, eternal separation. In our study, just a quick review over this study, 
that death is separation. Jesus Christ has conquered death. There were four deaths, spiritual death, physical death, eternal death, and temporal death. The provisions, God gives spiritual life to those who are spiritually dead. God gives glorified bodies to those physical bodies that die. God gives eternal life to those who have eternal death. And God gives abundant life to those who temporally die. Anytime we sin and confess it, then we get back abundant life. And at death, believers are present with the Lord, ultimately the eternal state. Unbelievers are in Hades, ultimately the lake of fire.